history. In our history. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Mystery in Our History podcast, where we take an in-depth look at all things urban legend and conspiracy theory related and how they came to be. I'm J.R. Supa. That's Chris Barry, a.k.a. Chris B. Yep. Chris B. O underscore yep. O-M-G. That's right. I'm on Twitch these days. Come <laughs> check it out uh, if you want or don't. I don't care. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be the same either way. Yeah, regardless. <laughs> no, it won't. Fuck you. If I got people in there, it'd be nice. <laughs> all right. And uh, here we go. All right, so last week I watched a bunch of movies, which is really no different than any other week, but that's beside the point. Um, I, so I've seen – some I've seen and some I haven't, but somehow the same name kept getting mentioned in these movies, and it's Baba Yaga. Um, and if it sounds familiar, it's because you're either Russian or you've seen any of the John Wick movies. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, which is Chris, because I can see it by the look on his face, <laughs> then you're in luck because I'm going to oh, explain yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll straight up confess. Uh, before I sat down and took a look at our like podcast outline for the week, uh, I had no idea what Bobby Yaga was. So when you were like, oh, I did an episode on Bobby Yaga, I was like, I don't know. But I'm always excited to learn new things. So, uh, well, so yeah. this, this is going to be a little different because Baba Yaga is – technically not paranormal right so most of the okay. stuff that we've done that isn't conspiracy or cryptozoology has been ghosts and baba yaga is right. technically not a ghost baba yaga is technically a folk tale mm-hmm. so I, I there's really like no evidence that she exists but a lot right. of fucking it's just kind of like a yeah a lot of people are still afraid of her though it's just like an accepted thing right so originally from Hungarian lore, Baba Yaga, which also means uh, Old Woman Yaga or Old Woman Jadwiga. Um, Jadwiga. Jadwiga. I don't know. I, I, it's what the internet tells me. Yeah. Um, she was a kind and benevolent genie. And over time, her stories changed and she became a cannibalistic old crone or witch. Small and ugly. Uh, in some stories, Baba Yaga was a race of evil jinn. Um, and not an individual. And the same, I'm sorry, the name and character of Baba Yaga appeared in a number of Eastern European and Slavic myths. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, individual as an individual, Baba Yaga is described as being an old, short, skinny, and ugly, uh, with particularly distorted and large nose. Uh, it's, it's also long. It, she has crooked teeth. Her behavior has earned her reputation of being the devil's own grandmother. Yeah, um, and, like, just imagine, I guess, like, the traditional witch. Yeah, like the Halloween witch, if you will. Like, yeah. like not necessarily Wicked Witch of the West, but, like, Witch Witch is, is kind of what Baba Yaga looks like without the pointy hat. Right, without the pointy hat and green skin, basically. Um, now, Baba Yaga as a character was often used seemingly to fulfill a storyteller's need. Uh, there were numerous stories of her kidnapping children, threatening to eat them. In fact, many versions of the cruel and evil witches living in houses of cake and candy were named Baba Yaga. Does that sound familiar, Hansel and Gretel? <laughs> uh, in some stories, heroes would make the brave and dangerous decision to seek out Baba Yaga for advice or assistance in completing a quest. And in these stories, there was always an emphasis placed on the hero's level of politeness. This need for proper preparation and purity of his spirit, that's a lot of alliteration. <laughs> uh, sometimes she played the role yeah. of an antagonist, while other times she was a necessary source of guidance. No matter what role she was fulfill, uh, fulfilling, she drove a hard bargain and was the one who sets what role she was fulfilling. I'm sorry, it was the one who sets the conditions and terms of the agreement. It mattered not to her who the hero, uh, if the hero accepted or refused the deal. It was just, these are my terms, that's it. And all of her verbal contracts allowed her the right to eat anyone who was later unable or unwilling to fulfill their end of the deal. <laughs> Yummy. 
Is that preferred boiled or, or fried, right? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure boiled, actually. Boiled, yeah. Or baked. Right, right in the boiled or baked. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense from the fairy tales. Yeah, uh, but in some of the tales, uh, Baba Yaga is bound to a conscience. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though uh, she is evil and eats kids, Baba Yaga cannot lie and is bound to keep whatever promises uh, she makes. A witch with a conscience. That's right. Uh, so a guardian, uh, she's also, in a lot of folk tales, the guardian of the fountains of the waters of life. She lives with two or three sisters. All of them are known as Baba Yaga. Um, in a forest hut that spins continually on birds' legs. And her fence is topped with human skulls. So just imagine, yeah. I guess, she lives, <laughs> she lives behind a white picket fence, and the white picket fence is all just human bones, and then it's topped with human skulls. And then you just see these two big bird feet. And then on top of the bird feet is her house constantly spinning. I got to say, I'm a big fan of that. I actually really love the the fact that the house is on bird legs. Right. Like I think that's really neat. It's I don't unique. know. <laughs> like it's, it's goofy, but yeah. It's definitely unique. You ever see like Howl's Moving Castle? No. No, the Ghibli film. It's uh it's it's got a it's got a good vibe of that. Um okay. the Howl's Moving Castle is always walking around on two legs and it's yep. it's neat. But All right. So the movies, the there were three movies that I saw that inspired me to to do this particular topic um for this week. And they were the most recent reboot of Hellboy, um, John Wick, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> uh, I have not seen any of those three movies. I am such a lazy movie watcher when it, these days. That's okay. Um, so Ant-Man and the Wasp, luckily for you, Chris, I'm just going to explain it anyway. Um, so Ant-Man was, has just one of the characters say it in reference to the Boogeyman. Um, which is also the meaning of the uses in John Wick, although technically in John Wick, John is referred to as Baba Yaga because he's the one you send to kill the boogeyman. So essentially, yeah, so like somebody calls him Baba Yaga, and then another character is like, oh, what do you mean, the boogeyman? And then they're like, no, he's the guy you send to kill the boogeyman. Gotcha. Now, in Hellboy, like we mentioned earlier, um, Hellboy actually ventures to see Baba Yaga in her chicken leg home in order to receive vital information that will allow him to confront the other evil witch that is the antagonist of the movie. Uh, and it was definitely one of the creepier scenes that I've come across, and I'm going to throw it on your, your screen now. Yeah. Nice. So was that, that chicken leg uh, house was in the, in the movie? Yeah, so I'll, I have a picture of that too. Um, but so as you can see on your screen now, like this is an interaction between Hellboy and Baba Yaga. And really the only thing that they did, which I'm sure was a Hollywood decision, right, was um, they made – they didn't give her the big nose. Yeah, it's like um, indented almost. Yeah, so they, they kind of made – I mean they, she's still really fucking creepy. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then in the movie she also walks with like a crab walk. Like straight up all fours, like in gym class, crap walk. It's fucking, it's weird. That's um, interesting. Yeah. So, all right. But here's some other pictures um, and depictions of Baba Yaga. So here you can see on your screen, if you're watching on YouTube, obviously everything will be on the Four Guys Media uh, Instagram and on Facebook, um, which we don't have a Facebook technically business, uh-huh. but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it'll be on Facebook if you follow me on Facebook. <laughs> um anyway so the next picture is the picture of the the chicken house um that was in hellboy the movie like that's the the depiction of it in the movie so the only thing they left out of this one was the picket fence that was made of all bones right right because it looks like he's on the move even in this picture but I, I think the reason why and we'll see because we actually have um something cool at the end but the 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 fence has a significance. Okay. Like her nice. fence, the, the fact that there is a fence around this house is important in the folklore. Gotcha. Cool. Um, so then here is the next picture is a picture of Baba Yaga. Uh, she can fly. However, she does not use a broom. Um, she uses a mortar um, from a pestle and mortar. So essentially when you, the, the bowl and the stick yeah. that you grind things with, in case people don't know what a pestle and mortar are, um, she uses the mortar as a as a broom 
technically. That's weird. Yeah, it's a, it's a very though. strange kind of depiction of how she flies. Um, so that's but this is a pretty creepy black and white photo. And then here's a, a very like there's the mortar like you can clearly see in the next photo that there's the mortar that she uses uh, to fly with. And then she's all cranky and grumpy on top. and then the last photo is just kind of old witch decrepit baba yaga um you know in the forest with mushrooms growing on everything and and making some kind of witch's brew that's a brew yeah okay yeah a bunch of potions on her yeah i mean you know and she's she's pretty weird but it's a it's a kind of that last one yeah the last one's creepy that last one looks straight straight out of uh like a D &D handbook like yeah DM guide or something. That's fair. All right. Um, so the weird thing about Baba Yaga is that she is folklore, not a ghost. So there aren't actually any encounters with Baba Yaga that I could find on the web that weren't titled Hansel and Gretel. Um, <laughs> because I'm sure yeah. that this is where the Grimm's fairy tales like got the witch from Hansel and Gretel from. Right. Um, but what I did find were some folk tales of this uh, all too sinister witch. So these are two that I found that we wanted to share with you. Um, and there is a very common theme in that it often seems to be an evil stepmom that like wants to get rid of the kid and sends the kid away to Baba Yaga uh, so that she can have the father all to herself. Just thirsty. Yeah. But there's there's different. So like these two folklores, these two folktales are the same in that the stepmom wants to get rid of the kid. Um, but the way the kid, I guess, beats Baba Yaga is totally different. Interesting. Okay. So, hey. all right. So I'll, I'll take the first tale and then Chris will take the second tale. And, uh, and then that'll, that'll do it for Baba Yaga. Do it, do it. <laughs> all right. Somewhere in the eastern part of Europe, where it gets bitterly cold in the winter, there is a dark forest. If you are ever brave, foolish, or ignorant enough to go wandering through that forest, there's a good chance that you might come across a particular house. It's a wooden hut, but it's like no other that you have ever seen, for it stands on giant chicken legs, and quite often it walks about just like a monstrous farmyard bird. This hut is the home of Baba Yaga. I don't advise that you knock on the door of Baba Yaga's hut, no matter how much you've lost your way through the forest, for Baba Yaga is a witch." On the edge of Baba Yaga's forest, there is a village, and everyone who lives there knows about the strange hut and the lady who lives inside it. They know her, and they fear her, for it has long been rumored that she likes to eat children. A long time ago, a man lived in this village with his beautiful daughter, who was called Vasilisa. The girl's mother had sadly died some years before the start of the story. Before she died, she gave Vasilisa a wonderful gift. It was a little rag doll. That did not look so different from any other. The girl's mother told Vasilisa that she should take special care of her doll. Every night, she must feed it a little milk and a little biscuit. And so long as she did so, the doll would always be ready to help her, no matter how much trouble she ever found herself in. Vasilisa did not... uh, Sorry, Vasilisa did just as her mother bid her. (laughs) She didn't. She told her mom to go fuck herself. (laughs) Yeah, she was like, fuck that. Feeding the shit every night? No way. Fuck, I'm seven years old. Jesus. (laughs) Every night, the little ragdoll sat up and drank a little milk and ate a little biscuit before smiling at Vasilisa, then going back to sleep. So the ragdoll evidently is alive. (laughs) Gotta love folktales. Yeah, right. As time went by, the girl's father decided to marry again. His second wife had two daughters of her own, neither of whom could touch Vasilisa for beauty or sweetness of character. In fact, they were jealous of Vasilisa, and they hated her terribly. So long as Vasilisa's father remained at home, the stepmother and stepsisters had to pretend they liked her. But every now and then, one of the sisters would whisper in Vasilisa's ear, Just you wait until dear Papa leaves us alone with you. Then you'll see. When Vasilisa had recently passed her 16th birthday, her father said that, she had to go away, or that he had to go away on a journey that would take at least a month. Vasilisa begged him to take her with him, but he just laughed and said he was traveling on business and the girl would find the journey tiresome and dull. The first night after the father had left, the stepmother gathered three girls together in the parlor and spoke as such. Now, my dears, I have a little task for each of you. 
Tanya, that was the oldest, go in my room, please, my dear, and sew a button on my red dress. Katya, the youngest, go to the kitchen table and roll some pastry so that it's nice and flat. And Vasilisa, it's a very fucking weird name. Very weird name. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard it. No. And Vasilisa, dear, go to Baba Yaga's hut in the dark, in the forest, and ask her to lend us some lights. Now run along, sweetheart. Don't waste any time. We don't want you to get caught in the dark now, do we? <laughs> the stepmother. Everyone the... has like such a like like such a tame task, and then it's just like Vasilisa, go to Baba Yaga's. Yeah, side. exactly. Like... You roll some pastries. You sew a button. <laughs> you trudge into the forest and get me some yeah. light. Not <laughs> candles. Get me light from yeah. Baba Yaga. Jeez, dude. Talk about a tall order. Right? The stepmother shooed Vasilisa out of the house so fast that she hardly had time to put on her hat and gloves. She walked forlornly to the corner of the street and took the little doll out of her coat pocket where it had been sleeping. Oh, little doll, she said, my mother told me that if I fed and looked after you, you'd be ready to help me if I was ever in trouble. Well, I have fed and looked after you. So I'm calling it in. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling the favor now. Now I'm in terrible trouble. I must go to Baba Yaga, and everyone knows that she is a dreadful, wicked witch. So please tell me, what am I to do? The little doll looked up at Vasilisa and said, Be as brave as you are beautiful. Go to Baba Yaga's hut, and no harm will come to you. Vasilisa mustered up all of her courage and walked down the path that led through the woods to the hut of Baba Yaga. After a while... The young girl heard the sound of galloping hooves coming up behind her, and she stepped off the road to let a horse, ridden by a rider in a blazing red cloak, shoot past her. I wonder who that was, thought Vasilisa before setting off on her way home once more. On her way once more. She's not going home yet. She's got to go to Baba Yaga. Stupid. <laughs> a little further on, she once again heard the sound of galloping hooves, and this time the rider in a cloak of dazzling white sped past her and down the road that led to Baba Yaga's hut. Some time later, a third horse shot by. Its rider wore a cloak that was as black as night. After about an hour of walking, Vasilisa came to a clearing in the forest. Although it was now getting quite dark, she had no trouble seeing, for this neck of the woods was lit by skulls with blazing eyes, because that's not creepy. Ooh. The skulls were mounted on top of a high fence. Beyond the fence, she saw the strange hut that stood on chicken legs. It turned out to face it turned around to face her, and it seemed to Bas Vasilisa that the hut was looking at her. Then the chicken legs began to kneel, and the hut lowered to the ground. The door creaked open. Creepy. <laughs> Baba Yaga's nose was so long and bony that it appeared through the door before the rest of her. A moment or two later the nose was followed by a tall, skinny old woman holding a broomstick. Vasilisa was so frightened that her legs would not obey her when she told them to run. The old lady came toward her, but she did not walk. Her feet just flew, just uh, sorry, her feet flew just a few inches above the ground. Well, child, she said, did the cat get your tongue, or are you just badly brought up? Speak, child, spit out your name and your business here. I haven't got all night to hover around while you tremble and gibber, 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 like an idiot. For a few moments, Vasilisa's lips quivered so much that no proper words could come out of her mouth. Just a kind of, ah, uh, uh, uh. But then she remembered the doll's words that no harm would come to her, and eventually she found courage to speak clearly. Good ma'am, she said, it's only me, little Vasilisa. My stepmother sent me to the forest to borrow a light from Baba Yaga. Did she now, said Baba Yaga thoughtfully. Well, I'm Baba Yaga, but you may call me Babushka, which I believe is grandmother in Russian yeah, or Polish. totally. Yeah, one of the two. I don't know what language, but it definitely means grandmother. Um, Vasilisa brightened a little for this, for Babushka is a kindly name that means grandma. No, why don't I just keep reading? <laughs> I'll just confirm right in the yeah. next line. <laughs> That's all I am. Baba Yaga went on. Now come with me into my hut. I will give you some simple tasks to do. If you are not lazy and you complete your work like a good girl, then I will give you the light that you asked for and let you go free. But if you do not manage these simple tasks, I shall cook you in my oven and eat you for my dinner. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> she, she cackled. How do you like that for an offer? To tell you the truth, Vasilisa didn't like it at all. But she had the faith. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> she wasn't thrilled with that arrangement. For the huh? record, that was the story, not me. That was 
yeah. word for word <laughs> story. Jesus. Uh, to tell you the truth, Vasilisa did not like it at all, but she had faith that all would be well, that she would complete the tasks and return with the light. So she curtsied and said, I like it well, dear Babushka. And she followed the old lady as she floated back through the door of her hut and called out, Locks, unlock. The doors creaked open and then shut again behind Vasilisa as she stepped inside. The hut was surprisingly roomy, but a large part of it was taken up by a huge oven. Child cooking oven. Yeah, right? Vasilisa had to hold in a scream because the house started to rise up on its chicken legs and move about. She realized that there would be no escape unless Baba Yaga let her go. The witch sat down at the table and gestured to the larder. Fetch me my supper, dear, she said. Yes, Babushka, replied Vasilisa, and she brought over some bread and cheese for the old lady. Ah, well, said Baba Yaga, soon I shall be enjoying a nice plate of roast meat, thinly sliced and pink in the middle. I thought we were white meat. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. I thought people weren't aren't people white meat like we're the closest thing to us as pigs. Uh, in the meat, in the meat yeah, department. I guess. I guess. Right. That doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Off topic. Uh, with those words, people she, in the meat department. Right. Us in. I know. <laughs> with those words, she pinched Vasilis's arms. Now, tomorrow, my dear, you must complete my little task. When I am away from the hut, you must tidy the yard, clean the hut, and cook pumpkin soup for my supper. Can you manage that? Why, yes, Babushka, I can, said Vasilisa, who was relieved that the task did not sound by any means beyond her ability. That is good, Baba Yaga, said. And when you have finished doing that, you can sort out all the kitchen pots and pans. Baba Yaga ate her bread and cheese and drank a tankard of frothy brown ale before falling asleep on top of her thick fur, which was strewn above the stove, the warmest place in the hut. I feel like that's so dangerous. <laughs> The hut continued to move around, and Vasilisa felt queasy. She certainly had no appetite herself, but before she lay down for the night, she did not forget to feed her doll a few crumbs of bread and some drops of milk. When the rag doll had finished her supper, Vasilisa asked her, Oh dear, what have I done? How shall I ever get out of here? The doll replied, Have courage, keep faith, and all will be well. For Baba Yaga is unable to tell a lie, and she is bound to keep her promise. The next morning... Baba Yaga arose from her, bread, her bed on top of the stove and drank another tankard of ale before flying up the chimney and onto the roof. Vasilisa looked out the window and saw the witch flying away above the trees, but this time she was riding what looked like a giant mortar. A mortar, by the way, is a strong wooden bowl, and you can use it for cooking. I thought the oh, I guess the pestle is the... It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, you put some herbs and spices in there, crush them. Why, why does that matter? It's part of the folklore. I, this, the is, this is what the witch was flying in. <laughs> Definition. Only it was much bigger than a usual mortar. A giant pestle was what the old lady was holding in her hand and using as a rudder to guide her flight. That's why you got to know what it is. Gotcha. Vasilisa gazed at the witch until she was out of sight. Then she started to clean and cook. She managed to get everything spick and span and get the soup on the cooker by midday. But now she faced an impossible task. How could she possibly pick the black peas out of a sack of white ones? Why? There, were, there must have been thousands, if not millions, of peas in the sack. She heard a noise outside the hut. Oh, Baba Yaga must be back early. Now I'm done for, she exclaimed. But when she looked out of the window, she saw not Baba Yaga, but the white horseman who had overtaken her on the way to the hut. He galloped around the fence of the compound and then was off again into the woods. Vasilisa sighed and wished he would only come rescue her, whoever he might be. Then, when she turned around from the window, she saw that all the peas had been sorted into two piles, one black and one white. Her task was done. That evening, after Baba Yaga flew back home from whatever business she had been on, the old witch could not hide her surprise at all that her guest had managed to achieve the task in one day. I see that you are a good little worker, my dear, she said. Well, in that case, tomorrow you can make a pea soup and fetch water from the stream to fill up the tank. Here, use this bucket. What she handed to Vasilisa was not a bucket, but a sieve. And the poor girl wondered how she would ever manage to use it to fetch water, because as we all know, a sieve is just a bunch of holes in a bowl. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. Still that night, when the little rag doll urged her not to feel despair, she knew in her heart that something wonderful might happen to her, and it did. For as she stood by the stream holding the sieve in her hand, the red horseman rode by, took it from her, swept it over to the hut, where he hurled it through an open window. 
When Vasilisa returned, she found that the tank was filled with fresh water. Hooray! That evening, Baba Yaga dipped her bony finger in the tank and tasted a drop of the fresh water. She said, Indeed, you are a hard-working girl. Let's see if you are clever, too. Tonight, you can stay up and count the number of stars in the sky. If you tell me the right number in the morning, you can take your light and go free. But if your answer is wrong, even if you tell me one star too many or too few, then I shall have you for my breakfast. That night, Vasilisa gazed out the window at the sky and tried to count the stars. One, two, three, five. But by the time she reached 100 stars, she was no longer sure whether or not she was counting the same ones again. And she had to start all over again. It did not help that the hut kept moving around so that the view kept changing. Eventually, Vasilisa began to sob quietly. She took out her doll and said, Oh, dear little doll, who will come to the aid of poor Vasilisa this time? I cannot guess the number of stars in the sky, and in the morning the witch shall surely eat me. Do not worry, said the doll. Have courage and keep faith, and all will be well. And it was for that, for at midnight, oh, and it was, for at the midnight hour, the black horseman came riding up to the window where Vasilisa was sitting, and he whispered a number to her as if in a dream. It was a very big number, but I cannot tell you what it was, for it's a secret. Of course it is. But it was the exact numbers of stars in the sky as that he told her. And in the morning, when Baba Yaga stepped with her bony legs onto the floor, Vasilisa said, Good morning, Babushka. Shall I tell you the number of stars now? Baba Yaga yawned and said, Go on, child, tell me, but you had better not be wrong, for if you are, I shall eat you. Melissa told the number to Baba Yaga, who let out a terrible cry, like, Ha! Her eyes blazed, <laughs> like those of the skulls on the fence surrounding her hut. I don't know, it said, Ha! I know, dude. It's all part of the the thing, but it's just like a terrible <laughs> cry, like ha. Ah. Just like not okay. wah. Yeah, well, he's not very good. Who not told very you? I know. Who told you that? She demanded so fiercely that Vasilisa sank back. Baba Yaga picked up a plate and threw it across the room so that it smashed against the wall. Then she picked up a knife, and Vasilisa was sure she meant to kill her. But Babushka, she said, "You promised that if I told you the number correctly." You could take a, I could take a light and go free. Baba Yaga froze for a moment, and the fierce glare of her eyes lessened somewhat. Ah, yes, she said more calmly. So I did. I suppose it was morning. Uh, I suppose it was morning and day that helps you with the other task I sent you. Vasilisa nodded, for she now understood that the three horsemen were morning, day, and night. When you're a good girl, said Baba Yaga, for if morning, then you are a good girl, said Baba Yaga. For if morning, day, and night chose to help you, that means that your spirit is in harmony with the universe. I will do you no harm. Wait here while I go on my business. I have no tasks for you today. Tonight, you shall return home with a light. That evening, after Baba Yaga flew home on her mortar, she took Vasilisa out to the courtyard and gave her one of the skulls with blazing eyes. Take this, she said. It will light up your stepmother and your two stepsisters very well. Vasilisa took the skull and returned back to the path on the, uh, to the village. She expected that her stepmother would have found a light by now, but, in fact, the house was not lit. Instead, her relatives were sitting in complete darkness. You don't have a fireplace? She stepped into the house. The skull <laughs> lit up the inside as bright as day. I'm home, called out Vasilisa, but she received no reply, for as soon as the light fell on her stepmother and sisters, they turned to dust. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, right? Rip. Vasilisa went to live with a kindly old lady in the village until her father returned from business. When he came back, he thought that his wife and stepdaughters must have run away. He did not miss them much. Just to decide. <laughs> Real invested, huh? I know. He lived happily with his beautiful daughter, Vasilisa, until one day a prince came riding by and caught sight of her. She was the most beautiful girl he had ever seen. And he had no hesitation in asking her to marry him because, I mean, who needs a first date? Which yeah. she did, and they lived happily ever after. I guess it all works out. Uh, sure. Yeah, man, you know. <laughs> um, so I, I guess the moral of the story is just always be respectful and kind. And, yeah. like, put good vibes out there and do what you, I guess, do what your parents tell you, right? Because mommy told her to do it and she did it. And... Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, guess... that's, it's, I mean, honest it's, and it's hardworking funny. and, yeah. Uh, feed your bread, um, milk and breadcrumbs every day, and yeah, get you. You're get gonna yourself, be off that. Get yourself a magic rag doll, and everything. Okay. Will be a okay. 
That one was interesting. Uh, Baba Yaga didn't really seem to do squat that entire time, huh? She was just kind of like, uh, well, what's the word? Like squatting in that in that hut while she just has Dude, child she, labor at, at she, all times? She ran errands during the day. Yeah. Like, it's... it's... <laughs> Anyone see Baba Yaga come back with anything? Like, uh, anything at all? Nope. But, I mean, she's a <laughs> witch, right? Like, she has whatever she needs. Right. So that's the first folktale. And so since these are folktales, they're going to have a happy ending. Uh, Plus, these are Russian tales, not the Grimm's fairy tales. Um, But here is the last tale before we wrap up. All right. I'll take this one for you. Um, So once upon a time, an old man lived in the hut with his little girl, Natasha. So happy they were. At tea time, they would play peekaboo behind the samovar. It's a very tall teapot used in Russia. Uh, They would drink tea with honey, bread, and strawberry jam. Everything was fine. The only sad times were when the old man remembered how much he missed having a wife by his side and a mother for Natasha. For the record, I I gave you Natasha and not Vasilisa. I appreciate you. You didn't have to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Were you relieved when you saw me stumble over Samovar? (laughs) (laughs) I uh, actually, yesterday, I I looked up like the proper pronunciation of it and then uh, one day later forgot. That's how it goes. You know, how she goes. Anyway, uh, one day the man met a woman he liked a lot. And before long, they were married. At first, Natasha was glad to have a stepmother to look after her. Not for long. The stepmother started all kinds of strict new rules. Natasha wasn't allowed to play games like peekaboo anymore uh, with her father. Which, <laughs> come on, peekaboo? It's such a basic game. Like, just for let them play. Shame. For shame. Yeah, right? <laughs> no more peekaboo in this house. <laughs> anyway, uh, she wasn't allowed to give other girls, uh, she wasn't allowed to have other girls over for tea. Her stepmother said that little girls shouldn't have tea at all much less eat bread and jam. All Natasha got for dinner was one. Yeah, right. Well, she's supposed to eat. uh, All Natasha got for dinner was one small crust of bread uh, that she must leave the hut to eat it. So no crumbs in the house. Just eat your crumbs outside. Stepmom is a cunt. Yeah, right. Real bitch. (laughs) Poor Natasha. She would run into the backyard and to the shed to hide. She would wet the small crust with her tears and eat it all alone. <laughs> saddest fucking thing on the planet. <laughs> I need this my bread tears to wet my crust. This bread is too dry. Let me cry on it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, then the stepmother would yell that she must come back into the house right away. The dishes from dinner needed washing, and the floor must be swept clean until it shone. Yet something else was worse than all of this. Each night, each night, the stepmother sat with Natasha's father and told him that everything that went wrong in the house was his father's fault. Sadly, the old man believed his new wife, that dad. Mm-hmm. One day, the stepmother decided she could not stand the sight of Natasha one more day. How could she get rid of this girl once and for all? The stepmother re- remembered her sister, the terrible witch Baba Yaga, who lived in the forest. I know how to get rid of that brat for good, the stepmother said to herself with a smile. The very morning, the old man must have visited some friends in the, vill- in the next village. As soon as he was out of sight, the wicked stepmother spun around to Natasha. Listen to me, she hissed. Today you're going to go visit my sister, you dear little, your dear little auntie who lives in the forest. You will ask her for a needle and thread. We need it to mend this shirt. But, Natasha said, holding up a needle and thread, to her stepmother to see. We already have a needle and thread. She knew about her aunt who lived in the forest. She was none other than the terrible witch, Baba Yaga. The one who chased little children by riding through the air on a on her giant broom, which we know that's not true. But you know, different folktales, different different descriptions. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh and when she caught them, she would eat them with her iron teeth. I like the iron teeth. Yeah, so that's that's also a new Baba Yaga thing. 
Who asked you, snapped the stepmother, knocking the needle and thread out of the little girl's hand. Shaken with fear, Natasha said, well, how do I find my auntie? That's better, said the stepmother with a crooked smile. She twisted the little girl's nose, pinching it hard. <sighs> that is your nose, she said. Can you feel it? Yes, whispered the girl. You must go along the road into the forest until you come to a fallen tree and turn left said the stepmother. Follow your nose. It will take you to your auntie. Now off with you, lazy girl. The stepmother shoved a small sack in the girl's hands that had a few morsels of stale bread and cheese and some scraps of meat and pushed Natasha out of the house. Natasha looked back. Her stepmother stood in front of the door with her arms crossed, glaring. There was nothing she could do but go on her own way. The girl walked along the road to the forest, then to the fallen tree. Then she turned left. Her nose started to throb harder, so she knew she was going the right way. What's that, magic? Then all of a sudden, yeah, magic nose. Pinch it hard enough. <laughs> then all of a sudden, in front of her, behind an old gate, stood the hut of Baba Yaga. There could be no mistake. Only the hut of Baba Yaga, the witch stood high up on the giant chicken's leg and would walk around the yard by itself. When it turned to face you, the front windows looked like two eyes and the door looked like a mouth. The two gate doors on the fence were open. When Natasha pushed them a bit to go through, they made a terrible squeaking sound. On the, girl, on the ground, she noticed a rusty oil can. The girl picked it up. How lucky, she said. There's some oil left. She poured the few drops left on the hinges of the gate. Both gate doors swung open without a peep. As Natasha walked closer, Baba Yaga's house turned around on his chicken legs, and it faced her. Frightened as she was, the sound of crying made Natasha turn around. A servant of Baba Yaga's was standing in the yard, crying and whimpering tears on her, uh, crying and wiping her tears on her sleeve. How lucky, said Natasha, that I have a handkerchief. She untied the handkerchief, shook it clean, and carefully put the scraps of food in her pocket. She gave the cloth to Baba Yaga's servant, who wiped the tears with it, and smiled. In front of the door to the hut was a huge, thin dog chewing on an old bone. How lucky, said the little girl. I have some bread and meat. Reaching into her pocket for her scraps of bread and meat, Natasha said to the dog, I'm afraid it's rather stale, but it's better than nothing. At once, the dog gobbled it up and licked his lips. Natasha finally reached the door to the hut. Trembling, she knocked. Come in, squeaked the wicked voice of Baba Yaga. The little girl stepped in. There sat Baba Yaga, the witch, weaving at a loom. She had scraggly white hair, very long nose, and when she smiled, showed a mouthful of iron teeth. The witch was skinny and bony. Good day to you, auntie, said Natasha, trying to sound not afraid. Good day to you, niece, said Baba Yaga. My stepmother has sent me to ask for a needle and thread to mend a shirt. As she now, smiled Baba Yaga, flashing her iron teeth, for she knew how much her sister hated Natasha, her stepfather. You sit down here at my loom and continue to weave, said Baba Yaga. I will go and fetch you the needle and thread. So the little girl sat down on the loom and began to weave. Baba Yaga whispered to the servant girl, listen to me, go to the bathhouse, start up the fire for the bathwater. It must be very hot. Yes, said the servant girl, as she left to do her task. A delicious meal I will make out of the child, laughed Baba Yaga. The servant came to the room where Natasha was weaving to fetch a jug of water in the bathhouse. Natasha said to her, I beg you, please, be slow in making the fire and heating up the water. I need time to think of a plan. The servant girl said nothing, but she took a very long time in getting the bath water ready. Baba Yaga came to the window and said to, to her in the sweetest voice, Are you still weaving, little niece? Are you weaving, my pretty? Yes, I'm weaving, auntie, said Natasha. She thought, I've got to get out of here somehow. In the corner of the hut, Natasha noticed a thin black cat watching a mouse hole. What are you doing? She said to the black cat. Watching for a mouse, said the thin black cat. I haven't had any dinner in three days. How lucky, said Natasha. I have some cheese left. And she gave the cheese in her pocket to the thin black cat, who gobbled it up. The cat said, little girl, do you want to get out of here? Of course I do, said Natasha. I fear that the Baba Yaga will try to eat me with her iron teeth. That's exactly what she'll do, said the black cat. But I know how to help you. Not one to mince words, huh? 
Yeah. That's, that's yeah, exactly they, what she's going to do, actually. That's, she's just going to rip you to shreds with those teeth. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, whispered the cat. Do you see the comb in the stool? Do you see the towel? Natasha nodded. You must take both of those, said the cat. Then run for it while Baba Yaga is still in the bathhouse. She will chase after you. When she does, you must throw the towel behind you. It will turn into a big, wide river, and it will take her time to cross the river. When she crosses over, throw the comb behind you. It will sprout up into a thick forest that she will never be able to get through. But if I leave the loom now to pick up the towel and the comb, said Natasha, she will hear that I have stopped weaving, and then she will be able to catch me before I even have a chance to escape. Don't worry, said the thin black cat. I'll take care of that. Cat's going to start weaving now. Uh, then she took Natasha's place at the loom. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, the loom never stopped for a moment. Natasha looked to see if Baba Yaga was still in the bathhouse. She grabbed the towel and the comb and quickly ran out of the hut. The big dog jumped up to tear her to pieces, but then he saw that it was the same girl as before. Why, this girl, this is the girl who gave me that bread and meat, said the dog. Good luck, child. And he laid back down, letting her go. <laughs> when Natasha... <laughs> I'm not going to eat you. Good luck. Yeah. Even though you're made of meat, you gave me the sale meat. It's fine. (laughs) When Natasha came to the gate doors, they opened quietly without making any noise because of the oil she poured under the hinges. Then, then how did she run? Meanwhile, the thin black cat sat at the loom, clickety-clack, clickety-clack, went the loom. Baba Yaga came to the window. Are you weaving, little niece? She said in a high-pitched voice. Are you weaving, my pretty? I am weaving, Auntie, said the thin black cat, while the loom was clickety-clack, clickety-clack. That's not the voice of my dinner, said Baba Yaga. (laughs) She ran ran into the hut at the loom, and no little girl, but only the thin black cat. Grr, said Baba Yaga. She jumped at the cat. Why didn't you scratch out the little girl's eyes? The thin black cat replied, In all these years that I have served you, you have given me only water and made me hunt for my dinner. That girl gave me real cheese. Grr! Baba Yaga grabbed the cat and shook it hard. Oh, hopefully not too hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Don't shake the kitty. Whip the cat around. Um, turning to the servant girl and gripping her tightly, she yelled, why did you take so long to prepare the bath? Ah, cried the servant. In all these years that I have served you, you've never given me a rag. But, when that, but that girl gave me a pretty handkerchief. Baba Yaga cursed her and dashed into the yard. Seeing that gate door is wide open, she shrieked, Gates, why didn't you? Why didn't your door squeak when she opened you? Ah, said the Gates, in all the years that we have served you, you never so much as sprinkled a drop of oil on us. We could hardly stand the sound of our own creaking, but the girl oiled us and we can now swing back and forth without a sound. Baba Yaga slammed the, date, the gate closed. Spinning around, she pointed her long skinny finger at the dog. You, she hollered. Why didn't you tear her to pieces when she ran out of the house? Ah, said the dog. In all the years that I have served you, you never threw me anything but an old bone. But the girl gave me real meat and bread. Baba Yaga rushed about the yard, cursing and hitting all the while while screaming at the top of her voice. Then she jumped onto her broom and flew up into the air. Soon she was closing in on the little girl. You will never escape me, Baba Yaga laughed, a terrible laugh. She's steering straight downward to the girl. Natasha was running faster than she has ever run before. She could hear Baba Yaga get closer and closer. Then she remembered the thin black cat's words. She threw the towel behind her on the ground, and it grew bigger and bigger and became wetter and wetter. Soon a deep, wide river stood between the little girl and Baba Yaga. Time out. I read this yesterday. And I know we're gonna I know we're gonna discuss this. But she's on a broom. Oh I know. I, I was waiting for it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I read this yesterday and I didn't catch that. Yeah. But this time it's just like yeah, she's yeah, on a broom. Yeah. She's on a fucking anyway, broom. Okay. Man. Do you want to just talk about it now? Yeah. Yeah, like what the hell? Like <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was, that was more of just a timeout on the story, not yeah. for the podcast. Oh okay. but yeah. <laughs> then I'll just cut that part yeah. out. <laughs> so yeah so she threw that down and a river is between them but Baba Yaga is flying over her so how is that going to stop her 
but suddenly now <laughs> unless she's not flying and she's just got the broom between her legs and running like the fucking <laughs> like the fucking people who play real life quidditch oh my god yes yeah, yeah. Uh, just like that or like um god what was it uh money python like yep. next to the round table just like and pretending she's fine yep anyway so back to the uh, story i just i just wanted to point that out that's so weird so, so um, natasha keeps running Yep, so Natasha kept running. Oh, how she ran. When Baba Yaga reached the edge of the river, she screamed louder than ever, for she knew she could not fly over the Enchanted River. Ah, so that's, that's what I guess it it's is. an Enchanted River. Yeah. I guess I should have kept reading. Yeah, minor details, right? <laughs> yep. In a rage, she flew back into her hut. There, there she gathered all of her cows and drove them to the river. Drink, drink, she screamed at them, and the cows drank up all the river to the very last drop. Thirsty cows. Jesus. (laughs) Baba Yaga hopped back onto her broom and flew over the dried up river to catch Natasha. Natasha had run on quite a distance ahead. In fact, she thought she might at last be free from the terrible Baba Yaga. But her heart froze in terror when she saw the dark figure in the sky speeding behind her again. This is the end for me, she cried. And then she remembered what the cat said about the comb. She threw the comb behind her and the comb grew bigger and bigger teeth was sprouting up into a thick forest. It was so thick that not even Baba Yaga could could force her way through it. Baba Yaga, screaming with a rage and disappointment, finally turned around and flew back to her hut. The tired little girl arrived back home at last. I'm home, but I cannot go inside, she said to herself, thinking of her stepmother. What will I do? She waited outside in the shed for her father to come home. When she's saw her father pass by, she ran to him. Natasha, where have you been? cried her father. And why is your face so red? The stepmother came out to see what the fuss was all about. She turned yellow when she saw the little girl. Her eyes glowed green, showing her true self. But this time, Natasha was not afraid. She told her father everything that had happened. When the old man learned that his wife had sent his own daughter to be eaten by the witch Baba Yaga, he was so angry that he drove the stepmother out of the hut, never to return. From then on, the father took good care of his daughter, and he never let a stranger come between them. Once again, the table was piled high with honey, honey bread, strawberry jam, and tea. Father and stepdaughter played their games of peekaboo until it was time to go to bed. And so the two of them lived happily ever after. That's the end. Could you imagine? And I feel like I'm saying this and I'm going to regret it. But could you imagine playing fucking peekaboo for what has to be hours until it's time to go to bed? <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. That's it's the only game. Not you a know? fun game. And, and I know that in like. A couple of months, I'm, that's all I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. But like, but here's you, the thing: that, that's for one-year-old children, two-year-old kids. You know what I mean? Like, right, not that's, a, that's not entertaining. A, a seven-year-old that you can send into the forest by herself, <laughs> right? Or, or her dad, who's just like, who's ready to play peekaboo? Ready? <laughs> ah! <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> dude, your your fucking peekaboo games are intense. Yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good peekaboo game. You, you take, know, you take no fucking peekaboo prisoners, do you? Uh, but yeah, that's that's that that's a that's a weird one. That's a weird story. Um, but you see this, I, the significance of the fence that I was yeah. talking about. Like that's that's why the fence is there is because the for the folk to- yeah the folk tales that like there's a reason why her house is surrounded by a fence. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I, I just thought it was, it was funny too, because the the reason why she got away is because she just showed kindness on mm-hmm. her way in and, uh, yeah. everything else on Baba Yaga's property was just like, no way. Baba yeah. Yaga sucks. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't backing <laughs> exactly. her. You gave me meat. You gave me cheese. You gave me a handkerchief. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, but, uh, that was the thing is, is I guess if you, if you treat people nicely, they will, be on your side was a technically, I guess, the moral of that story. The nicer you are to yeah. people, people repay kindness with kindness. That's what it Which is. Which is not a bad moral right. for the story, honestly. It's, it's, yeah, you get you get what you give, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so those are the folk tales uh, for Baba Yaga. Um, 
and that's essentially all we have on Baba Yaga. Like I said, she's she is a a folk tale and not a, a an entity that I can uh, that at least that I could find on the internet. Um, yeah. But I you know I thought it was kind of cool and she was creepy and that's what we're all about, right? It's just the the yeah. weird shit. So it was it was just some good fun. Yeah, and. I like uh, it. So that's going to be how we wrap up this time on the Mystery Inner History podcast. Uh, be sure to check out our website, fourguysmedia.com, for news, updates, and a list of all of our podcasts. Um, and just an FYI to whoever read or listens to this one, our next podcast is going to be JFK. So we are very excited about that. I know Chris has been looking forward to this podcast yeah, totally. since we started doing this podcast he's been looking forward to this episode um absolutely so we are still working on the outline um i think it's gonna come out in two weeks uh from the release date of this i think we're we're switching our format up a little bit to to every other week um it, i think it just allows us to to better research give a better podcast um and not yeah, run out of ideas tough. yeah it gets tough when when you just have one week between podcasts and you know I mean I don't have any excuses but I mean you're a new father over there and you know what I it's mean? tough so but like, it just I, yeah it just gives it gives both of us enough time I mean you're still a dad so it's it's yeah. uh, there's plenty of time that we're needed that yeah. we don't have for you know doing stupid fun shit like this <laughs> <laughs> right yeah exactly, exactly. so yeah no, it'll, it'll kind of help us uh get, get a little bit more research and and yeah. just kind of get uh i guess better quality podcast out uh for everyone listening yeah um so stay tuned that's coming and uh we will see you next time on the mystery in our history Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions or topics for us to cover, email us at fourguysmedianetwork at gmail.com. If you're on the go, you can subscribe to our shows on iTunes. Be sure to check out our Patreon page, Four Guys Media Network, for access to exclusive content like minisodes and more. We have a lot of goals to hit, so we can keep improving and continue providing more content ad-free. So all of your donations are greatly appreciated. Make sure you subscribe to the Four Guys Media Network YouTube channel for all of our other projects by clicking the link on the right. And lastly, if you want to watch another episode, just click the link on the left. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.